Welcome back to the channel today, everyone. I uh, hope you had a good weekend. It's really weird starting this show because the weekends are basically my work week. Um, I was working from Thursday through yesterday. And so um, this is kind of the end of my work week. I get tomorrow off and then I work uh, a little bit later this week as well. And so it's going to be good. Um, but yeah, got some got some big stories to talk about today. And obviously, I am alone today. I don't have a guest. And so um, when that's the case, your questions and uh, your comments are always welcome so that I'm not just sitting here talking to the camera by myself. So, <laughs> um, interesting, interesting uh, morning and weekend, I guess, uh, kind of going into the first story. It's... Um, I'm part of the story, I guess, um, because, yeah, I called Eli out. Um, well, so I saw a post from Eli on Saturday evening, and I called it out. And then um, and then I was asked to write this story, and then actually Eli shot back this morning. So let's get into it. Um, so if you guys don't know who... Uh, Eli Ehrlich is Eli is an activist who has been very controversial for quite some time. Um, and really not because Eli's trans, but more so because they run in, what is it? Um, basically a drug smuggling operation. Um, not, I, I, I wouldn't say smuggling. They send cross-sex hormones illegally to children around the country. They've admitted this many times. What's really interesting is um, this weekend, Eli met with a University of Georgia professor um, to discuss what is it? to discuss. Far, I guess they. I guess they were researching far-right extremism, which is what this professor seems to be um, their specialty in, which is really interesting that the University of Georgia, a school that I was looking at going to, has somebody that is focusing on far-right extremism, and that they would actually allow that professor to have an admitted criminal. Um, uh, come join them at the university. Basically, it's aiding and abetting. So, um, but um, I guess since there's no warrants currently out for Eli's arrest, then um, they wouldn't get in trouble for that. But, um, so let's get into this, though. Um, so, let me see. Yeah, on Saturday evening, Eli wrote, I had to hide that I was in Georgia for the past three days for my safety. As a trans woman, the post read, following attacks on trans youth plus my suggestion to ignore bans, there was a small worry that Governor Kemp would learn I was in the state. Several state officials have already called for my arrest. Um, it's interesting because Georgia's not transphobic, I guess, right? So I live here. I've been all around this state and this state has done nothing but welcome me. Um, and if you remember a few months ago, so I assisted and I lobbied hard to pass a ban on um, puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgery for minors. Now, we didn't get puberty blockers, but we, we did ban cross-sex hormones and surgery for minors in the state. And so when Eli says that they, you know, advise to ignore those bans, that's the law that Eli is telling them to ignore. So, um... Eli's statement had continued, I am usually unconcerned about the risk because of my position as a white woman, kind of being snarky there, I think, right? 
um, the leftist notion that, um, you know, the CRT notion that Eli somehow has privilege. Um, but then continued, however, with the recent bans on life, life-saving gender-affirming medication, some of which I personally sent to GA, I'd rather be safe than sorry. Now, first of all, do you think Brian Kemp is sitting on his computer just watching what Eli's doing? I mean, it's such a narcissistic statement. Uh, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of uh, it's pretty ironic. I mean, that's the problem is Eli is such a narcissist um, that they think that you know just because they come to the state they're going to get treated po- poorly. No, the state's great. I love Georgia, honestly. Um, But I will say, um, so my response actually when I saw this was, seriously, why hasn't the FBI arrested Eli yet? I also have news for you. Being trans is all good unless you're trying to abuse children with medicalization. Honestly, Chris Carr, the attorney general of Georgia, should should issue a warrant to have Eli extradited as Eli just admitted that they are committing a crime and illegally supplying children drugs in Georgia. It's interesting. I mean, um, because I I don't know why Eli thinks that they are so safe because living in New York, because for one, this is sending this is, this is committing a crime. It's a, it's, I mean, it's a, it's, I think the last time I looked it up, I could be wrong on this, but depending on how much you do it, it it's a felony to share, to send, you know, prescription medications to others. It's, it's, it's against the law for you to even give your prescription drugs to a relative. So if you have like, if you, if you have, let me see. If you if you have some pain medication at home, you have some Vicodin at home, and you give it to like your child or your husband or anybody that is not prescribed to, that is technically against the law. Um, but this is sending it across state lines, which would make it an even more significant crime. And then it's sending it to children. And now we have in Georgia. Now we've also passed SB one forty which means that not only is this issuing prescription drugs without a license, it's a, it's a clear violation of SB 140, which does have criminal penalties. Um, and so, so, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens right now. Eli definitely needs to, um, should be arrested for this. Um, it, it would serve Eli right. Um, in, in, let me see. Um, yeah. Does Eli not understand how deadly sharing medications can be? Apparently not. What's really interesting in, in like estrogen and testosterone suppressants, um, generally, wouldn't be too um glaring you know it wouldn't be too too harmful but honestly if you take too much estrogen um than what you know what would normally be prescribed for your weight and size and then you're not getting regular blood tests while on it i mean you could be causing severe kidney damage um one of the issues with taking testosterone blockers so spirolactalone is the testosterone blocker and it's um, if your potassium levels drop too low, it can cause a lot of issues there. You can actually have, um, actually, is it too low yet? Yeah. No, no, it's too high. Your, 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 your potassium levels go too high and you can actually go into shock from too high of, uh, of, uh, that levels. And, but, but if you guys watched my interview on Thursday with Matt Ray, and we talked about testosterone, think about what that could do to a child or to anybody that is not prescribed that medication. 
Matt was prescribed a higher dose than normal. So if you're just getting these dosages from, you know, somebody on the internet, then you don't know what, what you're taking. Um, and then, yeah, dialysis at the whole other thing, because the, you're, you could, you know, hurt your kidneys by what you're taking. You can kill your liver depending on what you're taking. There's a whole lot of stuff that goes into it, and it's not just taking hormones. I mean, this is, um, yeah, I called, I, 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 in the article I said, because Eli has boasted a number of times on social media about operating an illegal drug trafficking operation, because that's what this is. It is, an, it is a drug trafficking operation. There's no other way to put it. I mean, this is this could be the FBI, it could be the DEA. I mean, it could be any of those um, alphabet organizations that do this. Um, on Rumble, yeah, Randitarian sis says Eli seems to be protected to a certain extent, which I just don't think that people are going. They're not going after Eli for some reason. I think one Eli, yeah. Um, there's really been no they're not going after Eli for whatever reason we know. I mean, they'll, they'll prosecute when there's clear evidence, like in the Sam Britton case, if you guys know the Sam Britton case is the non-binary official who actually worked for the Biden administration caught stealing luggage. So when there's clear evidence, they will go for it. But Eli sits out here and just admits to it. Like at one point said, I'm a, I'm now a proud criminal in Mississippi for aiding and abetting life-saving medication for youth. So in all these states that Eli is sending, he, Eli is saying, I am a proud criminal here. And nobody's looking. Like, this is, this is how you get a warrant. Social media posts admitting to this stuff is how you get a warrant to, say, to, to search, like, Eli's computer and stuff like that. But need not worry. Because um, let's hope that... Eli might have come to the wrong state um, in coming to Georgia and admitting this. So um, let's let's keep our fingers crossed that Chris Carr actually does something, um, which I have faith in, in, in the attorney general here. But then it's really interesting, too. So I, I want to call this other person out, too, that actually hosted um, Eli. Their name is Cass Mood, who is a... Netherlands-born professor of international affairs at the University of Georgia. Um, apparently, they work with the Center of Research on Extremism out of Norway, uh, out of the University of Oslo, out of Norway. They also work with the Center for Right-Wing Studies out of the University of California, Berkeley, and the Center of Analysis of the Radical Right. Think about this. Is this is the fact that somebody is at a university university level kind of shows you that it seems like the university of Georgia has uh, kind of gone woke with the rest of them. I mean, we see all this stuff happening all the time. So the fact that somebody's out there studying specifically radical right-wing ideologies, not just extremist ideologies shows you the bias. Um, now I, I would be interested to see if, the University of Georgia has somebody that studies the radical left-wing ideologies. Um, that would that would be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, Eli did shoot back at me on this one. Said that they enjoyed um, enjoyed the laugh, is what Eli said. So I actually responded to that as well and just said, just pointed out the narcissism that Eli, Eli has. Um, it's, it's, uh, let me see. Let me see if I might be able to go find this. Let me see though. Yeah. Mafia Guido says all universities are woke. That's what it's starting to look like. They are, they are now like left wing, uh, propaganda factories, um, in recent years, you know, and it, it, it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad when you, when you see like what's happening to the universities 
Um, it wasn't completely like that when I was um, in school, but yeah, I mean, we see they will shut down anybody who's right wing speaking at their universities. Um, now that they have all these DEI, um, you know, administrators in the school. Um, and then you saw there was a video not too long ago where the DEI uh person i think it was even at stanford basically shut down the conversation um when the one person was talking like they were it, it, it was the uh, supreme court justice and it was on free speech and they were talking about extremist speech and how universities are supposed to challenge your ideas and teach you to think and not what to think um Wait a second. This caught my eye. Jen McMahon. I should listen to Carlin grooming his free speech Borisenko. Uh, probably not. Sorry. Um, yeah. Carlin is a crazy psycho narcissist. And uh, I, yeah, she, nope. Um, yeah, not doing that one. Not going there. <laughs> um, yeah, in fact, she, she tried to come after me a couple, couple weeks ago because I made a comment on something. Um, she's not anybody that I would, I would uh, support for literally anything. But that's all I'm going to say about her. I'm sure she'll make a, a thousand videos about me now. Um, but yeah, so this was my, my responsibility, uh, complete narcissism from Eli. The only reason you should worry about being in Georgia is because you're a criminal trans people are not targeted in the state. I've been all over it. Um, so yeah, I mean, Yeah, that's all, that's all. I mean, it kind of got me off off track a little bit because um, I, I'm not. I don't really want to respond to that. Um, but that person is not somebody who's even worth listening to. But um, actually, I'm not sure. Have you guys um, now talking about? being triggered the state department has so let me set this up the state department sent out um they they're building a system to where you can choose your pronouns that are in the from line so when you send an email it will say your name and then it will use your pronouns um, in the system. And so they were like, apparently testing this out last week. And what it did is most of the pronouns were random and actually, so apparently it was just randomized pronouns for people. And then it was, um, a lot of people were getting misgendered. So they were being told like when they would send an email to somebody that it would have like the wrong pronouns in there. And so in response to that, the State Department is offering free therapy for those that were triggered by the misgendering on the emails. You can't make this up. <laughs> I mean, it's an email glitch that they were supposed to have fixed on Saturday. Um, I'm not sure if they did or not. But it's really interesting. Um, yeah, they were offering free free therapy to anyone who's felt hurt or upset by the glitch. Um, what is it? Let me see. And then they actually talked to one of the uh, one of the employees of the incident. Said a lot of people have been triggered here today. <laughs> the so 
you have all these people who work, I mean, in the State Department, it's a pretty woke university. Let me actually pop this up real quick. So the State Department's a pretty, pretty woke um, department. I mean, most of the administration is pretty woke. Um, and so this was them on the 17th um, that they were... The internet, they, they posted this on the International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia, Interphobia, and Transphobia. We call on the end to harmful conversion therapy practices, including those attempted to change a person's sexual orientation, gender identity or expression, or sexual characteristics. That is, I mean, that's the progress flag, and it's, it, it's the woke. I mean, we have another day. So my first reaction to that was we have another day. I mean, we have June coming up, which I'm not looking forward to. But we have another day of just, what, visibility? Like, we can't see the rainbow every day of the week. Um, and then they talked about conversion therapy uh, to change a person's gender identity. That is, that's harmful. To change a person's gender identity, that can be very harmful because it, discourages therapists from actually doing their job and questioning their patient because any questioning now looks like conversion therapy. Um, so that is, I mean, that's the secretary of um, the state secretary of state, Anthony Blinken, who said that. So really, really interesting. And then they have this problem where they go on to misgender all their employees. The irony is fantastic in my opinion. <laughs> but this is actually, so the, the AP, uh, AP reporter, Matt Lee, or uh, yeah, AP reporter, Matt Lee was actually pushing back on this and actually uh, had some pretty good stuff to say on this. So I'll play this video real quick. Got any emails from any of your colleagues uh, in the last, you know, before you came out here, obviously not while you've been at the podium, but since about noon or so. Uh, I, 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 why don't you get to your question? Okay. And then, have, yeah. you, have you? What's your do you, question? Do you, do, you, do you have? Are you able to look at them right now? My email? Yeah. I'm not going to pull up my email from the post. No, no, no. You don't need to yeah. show it to me. Yeah. I want to notice. I, I, I want to know if you've noticed anything different in the from line where it gives the sender. Matt, this would be a lot better if you would just All ask right, us I'll what your question I, was. Well. I mean, you, so you haven't noticed anything? No. Okay. So within the last hour and a half, two hours, the State Department's internal email system, and I've tested this, so okay. I know that it's true, has added pronouns to people's, uh, not their signature, but to their uh, where, where, you know, where it says from. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it will say him, he, his, or her, you know, yeah. she, hers. Um, <clears throat> why? Uh, this is not an optional thing. This is something that has been just ar arbitrarily imposed. And, I, you know, I understand that people could have their pronouns attached if they wanted them to a signature before. But this is not something that anyone has a choice about. And so I'm just wondering why and who, who made this decision. Well, Matt, I um, have not seen this uh, phenomenon for myself. Okay, well, um, I have, uh, and I'll show it to you. And is it you. just, so let me, to ask you a question, is it just for uh, internal State Department. Uh, Obviously not, because out. I tested it. So I got, when, I got an email from an email? someone in this building, and, 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 and whereas before it did not have any of these pronouns attached to the uh, sender's name, it now does. And I've also been told from other people that that, that many of them, or at least well, when you send it, does it does it have the the? I'll show it to you okay. in a second. Well, I what I will say, just if you say, don't know anything about this, then that that's fine. Yeah. Can you look into it? I, I'd like I'm to happy. Know why, I'm happy to look into it. What I will. And then he looked into it, and they got everybody therapy. So your tax dollars are now paying for free therapy for all the State Department employees who were triggered by being misgendered. But this brings up an interesting point. Right. This isn't in the signature block. This is like artificially imposing it on all their employees. Um, at least in the signature block, if you want to put your pronouns, you can put your pronouns and nobody questions it. And it's just kind of, you know, um, 
I mean, it's a red flag for, 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 for some, but, um, but then to mandate it, that it puts it into your heading, you know, your header box is, it is kind of a, uh, it's kind of a compelled speech thing. Even like to, like you have to designate your pronouns to work at the state department. And then they send out the wrong ones and it's kind of hilarious because, because all these people are having meltdowns. I can just see what's going on at the state department, people seeing all this stuff and then like melting down, like, Oh my God, it called me they them actually i would probably melt down if it called me they them i'm not a they them i'm a single person um but i i could just see the people it, i mean it has nothing to do with being trans it, it's like anybody who's you know if it's a woman it's it's labeling them you know he him even though they're a biological woman um it's labeling men she her um and it kind of strikes to the heart of the absurdity of the pronoun rituals and pronoun game that it's so invalidating to people to have the wrong pronouns given to them. It, yes, Mandy, you're absolutely right. It's like living on a planet of children. Um, unfortunately, that's what we what we see right now, at least in the in the in the states we are seeing a world of children because and i always go back to you know it's the it's the society that we gave everybody trophies right um you know when you when you give everybody a trophy participation trophies then you know people they want participation trophies for everything. And then they demand that you validate everything about them. It goes back to, um, you know, the, the speech issue on universities. It's like, you now even universities, people are coming out of universities now, and they're not even able to handle somebody disagreeing with them about anything because, um, yeah, they're not even able to handle anybody disagreeing with them because they were not taught to deal with conflict. They were completely validated by their instructors, by the university. They were validated. And so we have raised a system of children. And unfortunately, I mean, it's like, it's it's my generation. It was, it was my generation who did this um, because... We lived in a time, and, and it's a lot of it's the internet too. I think the, the internet plays a big part in this. Um, you know, constant validation, you need constant validation from the outside external forces instead of, you know, getting your validation from within. I um, mean, that's, that's it's wreaking havoc. And it reminds me too, remember, I always say this is kind, it's kind of, uh, I mean, it's first world problems, right? It's like when, and it actually goes back to what Puff Daddy said, you know, more money, more problems. Because when you have, you know, when, when you've been given all of this, yeah, when you've been given everything, um, you have to start creating problems. And the problem with what we're seeing in society right now is people are so depressed um, and I talked about this, um, what, maybe a month or so ago. I was on with uh, Olivia Rondeau and my friend Maggie Anders um, on their show, Undoctrinated, with Fee. And we talked about this because people are having such, like, mental health issues right now in this country. It's, like, the worst. And it's because people don't have purpose, and to find purpose, you need struggle. But we've ended all struggle. We say that nobody should struggle with anything. And so by 
you know, this generation expecting that society is just going to hand them everything. They're just going to give them the participation trophy. They have no struggle. And so they really have no purpose. Um, and so they're finding their purpose in stuff like activism, which were issues that were not, which they're like making up activism issues, like issues to act, advocate for, or they're being, you know, misled um, and saying like, again, like the crazy, like the wokeness of um, like CRT and queer theory and all that stuff saying that you are so oppressed, but like, as a trans person, I can't think of a single right that I don't have as a trans person. Um, as a trans adult, people would say kids, but again, kids don't have the ability to consent uh, to, to the stuff that they're trying to push for. Um, but as a, as a trans adult, there's not a single right that I do not have. I can make medical decisions for myself, um, which if there were states that were banning that, I think that's gone too far. But it's, you know, they've, we've pushed this victim narrative. And it actually reminds me, if you go back and you watch Matt Walsh's What is a Woman documentary again, when he traveled to Africa and you see they don't worry about any of the same stuff because their purpose is to find food for the day. You know, go out, get food, hunter-gather mentality, and survive. Um, they don't worry about being misgendered. They just worry about, you know, the important things. And so I guess when we, when you don't have to worry about that type of stuff, you create problems. Let me see. Yeah, I agree, Jen. Um, typically, they want the cause, but not the solution. But this is this is, and this is one of the things that happens a lot too. Is that um, when you put when when there's an you you have an issue, um, you're right. Most people they will they will fight. They will advocate against the cause, and they won't provide any solutions. Um, where I, I guess I look at things more of a solutionary system, um, and this goes on both sides. This isn't just um, this. This isn't just the left. Um, when we look at if we if we talk about like the trans debate or any of this stuff, we talk about that and we see, you know, nobody's actually providing real solutions that would make any change. And actually, a lot of time when I talk to radical feminists about stuff. And I provide and I put forth solutions. And um, one of the things I actually hear quite a bit, is, especially when it comes to, like I said, radical feminists, it's like when I say, well, what's your solution? They always say it's not for women to figure out. And so they it's kind of the same thing. They want the solution. They want the cause, but they don't want to actually bring any solutions to the table other than a hardline stance against it all out, you know, ban and stuff like that. It's like they enjoy being miserable, and if they are not, then they will find a reason. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a very good point. It's so they, yeah, we live in a victimhood culture right now. We live where you actually get points for being labeled as a victim. Only way trans people are oppressed is by the TRA is going insane and turning the average people against them. Yeah, I mean, um, why well, I th I think you're right. I mean, that's where that's how we've gotten to this point, Mafia Guido, is that you know the TRAs kind of created these problems. Actually, I go back to it's interesting because I would go back to 2016. What the hell is this? Uh, no, this is not what I wanted to do. That's weird. Okay, one second. Um, I would go back to 2016 when, um,
something weird just popped up on my computer now i probably got a virus or something because i'm talking about stuff i'm not supposed to be talking about um but i would i would i would typically go back to yeah 2016 when after gay marriage was legalized and, and actually before i go into this i'm not saying this this is the slippery slope per se um i'm saying this is kind of what um this is the process and it actually if you go, I, I wrote an article about why the slippery slope is a fallacy. I think I presented that on here in one of the earlier episodes. But in 2016, the uh, Charlotte, North Carolina passed the first, um, it was a, basically the first self-ID law. So they were basically creating this uh, a problem with a solution. There was never any issues with trans people using the bathrooms um, that they presented as up until that point but they created the self-id part which caused the state of north carolina to react the way that they did and ban you know basically do an all-out ban which was wildly unpopular um it saw you know butch or you know more tomboy than butch lesbians to um be you know outed in bathrooms and then, um, and so that's not an, a solution is an all out ban. Um, but yeah, it was the, it was the creating of a problem with the solution. Um, that was the biggest issue there. And so that's what we're seeing on a much larger scale when it comes to trans acceptance is we're seeing the left continue, you know, the crazy TRAs continue to create these problems with the solution. Um, which is actually, I'll jump into this um, this article because it kind of leads into that. Um, it's so I won't talk about this one very much because I want to talk about the other one. But this um, trans person actually is basically Jessica Yaniv 2.0. Um, if you don't know Jessica Yaniv. A perpetual liar and criminal in um, Canada who I think has finally been caught in jail and all this stuff. But this person is basically a self ID trans woman um, who's suing. This is the third time that they are suing an organization in the last 13 months or 18 months in New York uh, for discrimination. And this time it was after being told that they had to use the men's locker room. But look, this is what the person posted on their uh, on their Facebook just a couple of days ago. Full man. And actually, this is what was interesting is one of the women said he also derobed and he is full male. There is a hundred and fifty percent man. There were things hanging out. And this person's trying to use the New York anti-discrimination laws to say that they uh, they discriminated against them. Now, the thing is, is the person went in there, talked to the management. The management said, and actually told the management, I want to use a single gendered space or a, uh, you know, a non-gendered space to change and everything like that. They said they don't have any non-gender spaces. So when they said that, he said, then I want to, that I, that I, I identify as a woman. So I want to use the female space. And they said, no, you can't do that. Took the class instead of leaving. I think at that point, if you're going to do this, then it's, a, I mean, that's their private property rights. But instead of doing it, instead of leaving, took the class and then broke the rules and went into the women's locker room. Now, if you know my stance on this, I think that the private property owners have the right to make any rules that they want in their establishments. This person broke the rules, which is not something that I would do. I would have probably left if that was the case. Or I would just want to have gone to the bathroom and, or changed there. I mean, 
it's up to the, the business owners have every right to do this. But under New York state law, this could highlight some of the absurdities. So it's really, it, it really, what, what the hell? Okay, so my computer keeps doing this. That is really weird. Um, no, I'm not answering these stupid questions, AT&T. Um, it's their, yeah, their property, their rules. If you don't like it, go home. That's always been my solution to the bathroom issue is every proper, every private business owner has the right to make the, the decision on their property. And if you don't like it, then don't go there. It's the free market solution. But this person is actually causing harm to the trans community, um, by, by going in there and suing because it just makes us look crazy. And, but at the end of the day, Maybe they'll get rid of these self-ID laws and maybe we can actually look at, you know, allowing private property owners to, you know, create the rules for their property. That should be what happens, you know? Um, but it, it, it's absolutely, yeah, it's pretty crazy what's going on there. But on to the next one. This is actually what I was going to present last, uh, just a second ago, but uh, that actually, that, that, story moved right along into what we were discussing so it's it's good let me see but if you didn't know so hunter biden's poor did y'all know that apparently he's poor um but he took a he took a fifty-five thousand dollar private jet ride to the hearing to then claim he was too poor to pay child support um, so if you don't know, this is Hunter Biden has a, um, so this is the person that is, uh, so Hunter Biden has never seen this child. He initially said that this was not his child, um, until paternity results said it was. And then, um, and so he was ordered, I think it, let me see, I think it says it in here, but it was a let me see. It was a six. No. So let me see. It's a. Shoot. Okay. So he paid 2.5 million in 2020 to the baby's mother. Um, and then part of the settlement was that he would pay $20,000 a month in child support. And he was going there to say that circumstances has, have changed and he just, um, he doesn't have the money. But he spent double, he spent two months worth of child support on a, on a, on a private jet to get there. Amazing how that happens. Um, and, and there's been some talk that um, it's probably some shell game where Hunter's money's at. We all kind of know how this works. Um, yeah, I mean, Mafia, I guess, yeah, 2% was just too much for the big guy. Um he can't handle, he can't handle that much. So, um, but he, I mean, he flies around in, in, in private jets. It's kind of interesting. I, I honestly, the most disgusting part about this whole thing is, like I said, um, Hunter Biden has apparently never seen, seen this child. Doesn't want anything to do with this child. Um, the white house anytime asked about the child will, um, ignore the questions. Um, and then, um, when she got pregnant, Hunter was dating his late brother's wife at the time. So he was dating his sister-in-law. Um, so he was dating Bo's wife, um, when he cheated on her and got this woman pregnant with this child um it's, it's just a really i mean this is the son of the president of the united states and the president i mean will not say anything about hunter um the media just ignores stories like this. Like the post millennial is the only in in organizations like it are the only ones that kind of cover this type of stuff. Um, it just absolutely 
amazing to me that they they cover so much for Hunter Biden. They cover so 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 much. I just I can't at this point. I can't. Um. But yeah, Jen. I mean, you're right. It is better than Air Force One. It's better than the taxpayers paying for it. I will give. I will. I will give them that. Um. But again, how do you? How do you? How do you? Just the optics of this are amazing. Like. <laughs> Um, yeah, in, in September of 2022, he had a substantial material change. Is this because he doesn't have, you know, I wonder actually if that material change was because, you know, Burisma is not paying him as much anymore or because, you know, China or did he spend that money on drugs and hookers and does he have other children that he's trying to pay off their baby mamas for? I don't know. But they cover for Hunter Biden so much. Um, it's not right. Not right at all. But talking about government spending, um, I don't know if you guys know, the government is... If they don't get, so we're, we're having, I mean, it's like, it's like Groundhog's Day all over again. They are having debt ceiling negotiations as we speak, um, again, to raise the debt ceiling again, because they can't rein in spending. Um, apparently, um, House Republicans are trying to get an increase to defense spending while cutting the budget overall. And if you know how these things work, it's probably not even a, a cut to the budget because they do baseline budgeting, which means if you keep the spending the exact same as it is this year, so there's already a built-in like increase for next year's, but if you keep the spending the same as it is like this year for next year, that gets called like a two point something, it, it gets called like a trillion dollar cut when it's really just keeping the spending the same way. And so it's really a misnomer when they say spending cut anyways. And both both parties are um, guilty of this. But, I mean, they're using defense spending and they're sending that stuff over to Ukraine um, to fight a proxy war that we really have no business being involved in. Um, it's absolutely insane. We have this just amazing tweet out here that I saw the other day uh, that you just don't get like these people, they just don't get it. Um, so Jay Arnold says me, hello, Amex. Like he's calling up Amex. Okay. I'm not paying my bill this month. Amex. Your payment is due Thursday. Me. Yeah, I'm not paying it. Amex. I'm sorry, that is not an option you're required to pay. Me, according to Republicans. This is, it has nothing to do with not paying your bill. This is literally, it's not saying that we don't have to pay our bill. Yes, the debt ceiling is just a mere suggestion. This is, this is, this is like, um, I, I responded to this. Where is my response? I said, um, you like you do know that this would be like calling up Amex and demanding that they raise your credit limit um, because if they don't, you can't afford to pay for your lavish lifestyle. That's more what this is. This is about. It has nothing to do with you know not paying your bill. It has to do with demanding a higher credit limit so that you can continue to spend, you know, like a drunken sailor. Um, which apparently the drunken sailors are now spending that money on drag, drag queens. So, I mean, that's what that money is going to, you know, um, marketing tactics that don't really work, but I guess this would also be like, I, I mean, 
thinking that you can just continue to spend and spend and spend other people's money um, is it's just morally and fiscally wrong. I mean, I mean, there were some other good ones. Let me see this. I, oh yeah. So it was like, hello, Amex. I'm unable to pay my bill this month because Visa won't increase my credit line. <laughs> you shouldn't be paying one credit card bill with another one. Maybe you should spend less money. You don't have not according to Democrats. I mean, that's, that's what it is. I mean, well, and it's not, that's not just a Democrat issue. Both parties are the same when it comes to this. Both parties go out, they continue to spend um, what they want, um, and, and they have zero regard for what it is. And see, this is this is why I was like a tea partier back in, you know, the you know, 2010 time frame was because they were talking, you know, we need to cut spending, we need to reduce the deficit, we shouldn't be spending. You know, they were pushing a balanced budget amendment. Think about that, that where you actually have to, you know, you, you have to, you have to uh, balance the budget every year and then start to pay off the stuff that you are spent. Like such a novel concept, right? I mean, you do it with your personal credit and then Chuck Schumer, um, I saw he had a tweet out earlier that said that Republicans, you know, so under the Trump administration, Republicans had a $2 trillion tax cut on the wealthy, and they're refusing to pay for it. The issue is, is that when you, when we actually, when that tax cut went through, it caused more people to be hired into the workforce, which caused there to actually be more people paying taxes, which actually caused record spending or, or record um, revenues. So it caused record revenues. Now, yes, the administration also had massive omnibus spending bills, which were which offset those record revenues um but that's not anything new again the trump administration had record spending the biden administration has even has had even more record spending um and it goes all the way back to 2001 when we got into the afghan war that we've had record spending levels um at the federal level it's not just one party it's both parties that do this and they none, none of them want to actually cut the spending that they have and actually balance the budget. Um, Congress should be made to manage their account just like you do your credit card accounts. Um, I mean, we need to put somebody like I don't know. We need to put somebody like Dave Ramsey in charge of in charge of the budget. You know, cut up the credit card and quit spending. I mean, I just can't imagine running my own personal finances like this. It just, um, but yet because it's, it's not, people think it's fine. This is, this is the problem is, is the government steals your money through taxes because taxation is theft and it actually, I mean, it's basically extortion. Um, and so they steal your money and then they spend it. The people who vote never really see the money that comes out. A lot of a lot of people that vote don't actually see the money, like their taxes. They, which is why. Let's talk about taxes for a second. When you get a refund at the end of the year, it means you paid too much in. People think that it's free money, but it's not. It's your money that was taken out all year long. It's not free money. It was yours. You just gave the government a free loan. Um, and I've actually done this one time. I used the IRS calculator to see how many exemptions I should take. And I ended up in, in the excess money that I that I was taking that year, I was putting into mutual funds. And so I was putting them into investments. So it was it was um, yeah, every month it was it was a little bit of money that I could put into mutual funds. I think I ended up owing the government at the end of the year, I owed them like a hundred bucks, which was, I've always wanted, I always wanted it to be like, I was plus or minus a hundred. So I think I owed like a hundred bucks. 
I made like 300 hours in dividends on mutual funds. And so the opportunity cost of not paying too much in taxes was actually greater and investing it was better than paying, um, just giving it free to the government. On top of that too, I think that people would worry more about where their tax money was going and actually they would be demanding lower taxes if they had to write a check to the government every quarter like business owners do. Um, and so right now I run all my business, I run all my stuff through an LLC and I have to pay myself um, my taxes. So I have to pay myself. So I pay myself a, a, a paycheck every week and then you pay, um, but then every you know quarter I have to pay the government all my taxes. And so I have to send the check to the, to the state and then I have to send a check to the federal government for income taxes. And then I have to send another check for unemployment insurance and all the payroll taxes. And so if people actually had to do that with their individual statements, uh, they, they wouldn't be so... Yeah, they, they wouldn't be so inclined to give the government more money. They would actually probably be like, "This wait, this is how much I pay in taxes? Why are they taking so many taxes from me? Most people don't pay attention because it's like, um, um, what is it? If you, it's not um, out of sight, out of mind, which that is exactly why, um, that's exactly why the government did it. It's why the government told businesses that, the business that businesses will pay your taxes because they know that it's out of sight, out of mind. And so you're just going to think that you're getting free money at the end of the year. Um, Jen says, I blame it all on TurboTax. You know, I, yeah. Yeah, because TurboTax had those um, commercials that were like, what are you going to spend your refund on? What are you going to spend your refund on? It's like, that's not, you shouldn't want to get a refund. Um, you should want to be at like zero. Zero is the goal. Zero is always the goal. Yes, and this is actually a great, Great add-on to what I was saying too, Mafia Guido, because it says, and with direct deposit, now no one sees their check breakdown either. You're right. You get your check, you get your, you get the breakdown, and actually most of it's most of that's even digital. So it goes to your email, and you you just open it, you look at it for a second, you go okay, um, and then every one. I mean, I used to look every once in a while to see like what my tax burden was for the year, um but it was nothing I would look at every week. So you don't even really see like a hundred dollars here, a hundred dollars there. And it breaks it down. No, you're absolutely right. They just deposit it into your check. It's like, Hey, I got money. Hey, I got money. Um, and so you just budget off of what that is and you don't even really know how much it is. And most people, when it comes tax time, they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting so much back. But like adjust and, I, I can't give anybody tax advice on here because I'm, that's not my, this is not advice. This is not advice. Um, I should have said that at the beginning when I talk about this stuff, because I'm not, an, I'm not an accountant. I actually have an accountant, um, but and I'm not a financial advisor either, but um There is an IRS calculator on their website um, where if you go onto the IRS website, you can put in how much you make per year or how much you expect to make per year. And then um, like what your exemptions normally are, uh, like if you're taking a standard deduction and all that stuff. And it, it, so you go like... Um, what your standard deduction is, everything like that. You put you put in all your information, and it will spit out how much you should be, like how many exemptions you should be taking. Um, and it's actually really useful. Um, I mean, 
it's it's useful. Now, if you're self-employed, it's a little bit more difficult. Obviously, uh, you have to you have to adjust um, depending on if it's a steady if you're getting paid steady or your your money goes up and down in flux. Um, like, yeah, so it's interesting. It's interesting like that. Um, isn't like the first three or four hours of a workday goes directly to tax. Um, well. If you're working a standard eight hours, let me see. Let me break out the calculator here real quick. It depends. I mean, obviously, it, it depends on what your um, what your tax bracket is. But if you're working, let me see. It would. Let me see. Now it would be something like the first two hours, depending on, like I said, if you if you're if it's the first two hours, if you are working, if and you're in like the twenty five percent tax bracket, which is actually a pretty high tax bracket though, if you're and you're working and you're only working eight hours, then um, I mean that would be two hours. Your first two hours of the day would go into your go directly to taxes. Um, that's also unless you include the payroll taxes that your company has to pay for you. Um, so I think this is, this is when people talk about taxes and stuff, it's like corporations don't pay taxes. They pass it on to you. So you're always going to pay for your taxes, no matter what. Um, they also pay sales tax. The consumer pays sales tax. So corporations, when they say increase taxes on corporations, um, it means it increased taxes on the corporation's consumers and employees, not on the corporation itself. It's always they always pass through taxes. It doesn't really, doesn't matter. Um, but what most people don't realize is your company pays um, a percentage of your of your taxes. So when they, so like what you see on your paycheck. So say you have say you're you have a hundred dollars. Like it shows you're paying $100 in federal income tax. Your company pays, I don't know if it's a match. I'm, I'm Again, I'm not an accountant, but I know when I look at it on my business portal, I see that I pay my taxes for my personal and then I pay the business pays an extra amount of taxes. Okay, so... So like a 20 80 split. So yeah, yeah. So you pay 80% of the taxes and your employer pays like 20% of the taxes. Um, which really means that you pay for all of your taxes because they'll just give you a lower salary uh, to pay for all your taxes. So, or they'll pass it on to the consumer because that goes into all the stuff that is a cost of goods sold. It doesn't really matter. It's a cost of goods sold. And so the consumer will end up paying that as well. Um, it's just how it goes. Um, but we're at the top of the hour. Um, we made it. No, um, thank you guys for joining me. This was, this was good. Um, ended up going down yeah, a little bit of a rabbit hole that I wasn't expecting to go on, go down there about taxes and stuff. Um, again, taxes, extortion, theft. If you don't know how it's extortion, think about it. Um, they basically, so extortion is like the mafia will extort a business for protection, right? So they'll say, Basically, they'll say, if you don't do this, if you don't pay us a protection fee, they basically say that we'll, we'll come rob you. We'll destroy your business. Um, so the government says, if you don't pay us taxes, so your, your hard-earned money, so if you don't pay us your hard-earned money, we will send the police with guns to arrest you. That's extortion. I mean, it's base. It's it's armed robbery or that or extortion, um, depending on how you want to look at it. So, so with that, I would like to again thank you guys for joining me. Uh, this was fun. Um, a lot of big things coming up here pretty soon. I'm not announcing anything yet, but um, yeah, got some stuff coming up. I will be back next week. I. 
I think if you watch my interview with Matt Ray last week, I said um, I did a video with Shapeshifter when 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 he was in town last was it two weeks ago now, um, and we we had we did a good video. It was just a, kind of a fun, quick video. I gotta edit that. I'll get it out to you um, probably by the end of this week, but. Um, so be watching for that and then um yeah i'll be back next week and um yeah so without further ado go follow me across all social media platforms um especially go follow on rumble with everything going on with youtube it's gonna be hard to keep going so go follow me on rumble we will see um it's only a matter of time before youtube decides it doesn't want to keep me on here so at least go follow and you can stay on YouTube until they kick me off. Um, but with that, I will see y'all next time.